Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hello, and welcome to Orgullo Hispano. This is a podcast by the Hispanic Leaders Network, and I am your host, uh, Hector Sabido. It is an honor for you to join us today. I'm excited to introduce our next guest, uh, but before we do that, I want to thank our sponsors that have made this podcast available. I would like to thank the Leadership Empowerment Group and Wilkerson Hatch Bailey. Thank you to our sponsors for their generous donation to make sure that this podcast is being listened by all of you guys. But I would like to introduce our guest for today. Uh, his name is Esteban Alvarez. Esteban, muchas gracias por estar aquí con nosotros Much, este día. Muchas gracias. Muchas gracias. Sé que este, mucha gente que está escuchando el podcast a lo mejor no sabe las raíces que usted tiene aquí en Waco. Sí. Pero quiero hablar de eso, pero también quiero que le diga a la audiencia, por favor, de a dónde es usted, cómo llegó aquí a los Estados Unidos, sí. y queremos hablar como usted, como artista. Bueno, yo, mi nombre es Esteban, soy costarricense, nacido y crecido en Costa Rica, en San José, Costa Rica. Eh, y la, la conexión que tengo con Waco, eh, primero es... La primera impresión que tuve de los Estados Unidos. Ok. Eh, literalmente bajándome del avión, un bus no, me trajo para acá. Ok. Eh, ¿Por qué en Waco? Por Baylor. Ok. Entonces usted estudió en Baylor. Yo estudié en Baylor. Yo eh, soy músico de profesión, de formación. En Costa Rica me formé musicalmente, pero era una formación informal. Es decir, yo no estaba en, en bajo la rigurosidad de la academia, por así decirlo. Okay. Sabes que la música se estudia con, con la, en, en, en las universidades y en los conservatorios. Es, es una formación rígida uh -huh. en el sentido de que hay todo un calendario claro. específico. Ahora, yo no tuve eso en Costa Rica. Era una formación muy informal, pero muy buena, que me dio las bases eh, para poder tocar el tipo de música que yo toco hoy. Eh, sin embargo, necesitaba el entrenamiento, la técnica, la, uh -huh. la, el entrenamiento no solamente técnico, sino histórico también, para okay. poder entender la música desde lo grande. ¿no? Entonces, Baylor me abrió las puertas, me ofrecieron una beca completa, yo apliqué, eh, ya tenía un amigo que estaba acá y él me ayudó a, en el proceso. Apliqué y Baylor me dio una beca. ¡Ah, qué padre! Sí, y me dijo, bueno, venga, pero usted tiene que saber hablar inglés. Y en ese tiempo no sabía Yo usted. no sabía hablar inglés ni tampoco sabía leer música. ¡Oh, my goodness! Sí, entonces tuve que apurarme un año entero a, a practicar, digamos, la música que iba a venir a estudiar aquí, o por lo menos las bases, ¿no? ¿Y qué tipo de música era? Clásica. Clásica. Música clásica, okay. sí. La música clásica que, que yo nunca había tenido contacto con ella 
en Costa Rica. Lo tuve, pero de una manera muy superflua. Okay. ¿verdad? Fue hasta que llegué aquí a los Estados Unidos que me metí en el mundo de la música clásica y sí, era otro mundo completamente y, y con profesores eh, de alto calibre, ¿verdad? Uh -huh, en una uh -huh. universidad de renombre. Y fue una de las experiencias, es una de las experiencias más lindas que yo he tenido en mi vida. Entonces, su tiempo en Baylor la disfrutó. Absolutamente. Se sintió como en casa. Absolutamente. Baylor es mi alma mater. Yo Pero, siempre ah, digo que cuando yo, yo voy mucho a Costa Rica, ¿no? Y porque allá está mi familia claro. y allá tengo también casa y todo. Pero cuando paso por la Universidad de Costa Rica, es un edificio más. Uh -huh. eh, yo no tengo ninguna, ningún attachment. Una conexión. No, cero. Uh -huh. cero. Es un, una institución más de Costa Rica. Significa lo mismo que significa, no sé, eh, eh, el edificio donde vas a pagar la luz y el agua. Okay. No, no tengo ninguna conexión con ello. Okay. Pero Baylor sí es, un, hay ah, una conexión emocional con la universidad. Sí. Entonces usted viene a Hueco mucho. No mucho, pero vivo en Austin. Ok. No muy lejos de aquí, entonces. No muy lejos de aquí, pero sí he venido muchas veces, sí, desde que me gradué. Después de, de estudiar aquí, fui a hacer mi maestría a la Universidad de North Texas. Ok. Que también fue una gran experiencia, pero no igual. No, no fue igual. Digamos, la parte emocional de la universidad, de la ex primera experiencia eh, universitaria, no, 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 eh, no tiene paralelo eh, okay. mi, mi estancia aquí en Baylor. Sí, fue, ah. fue único. Qué padre. Fue único, sí. So you finished Baylor. Uh, you graduated from Baylor. You went to get your master's at North Texas. Uh, but then you had this explosion in your music. Um, I mean, I've heard your music. We could find your music on CDs, YouTube. You've traveled all over the world for music. And in a little bit, we're going to talk about your latest CD. Um, what has really captivated you? What has motivated you? Uh, to stay in the music industry and what do you think you attribute your success to? Let me see if I can answer one by one. Okay. Uh, I know I asked you a lot. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. But but let, let, let's see if I can tie this all together because it's it's a little complicated. Um, having a classical training at Baylor and understanding music as I was saying before from that broader perspective, right? Understanding music from the classics. Sure. From the European tradition, right? Chopin, Mozart, Haydn, Schubert, Schumann, all mm -hmm. that wonderful music because sure. it's, it's genius music, Absolutely, right? music geniuses, uh -huh. yes. Uh, understanding it and playing it gave me the ability to see music beyond just the scope of popular music, right? I love it. And, and that was a, a, there was an explosion, as you said. It's a mind-blowing uh, experience. Mm -hmm. And I think not just for a, for a musician. I, anybody who's listening right now, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If, you, if you really care, that's the thing. That, that's, the, that's the one ingredient that has to be there. Okay. Caring. Wow. If you really care about music in the good sense of the word, And you say, you know what? I'm going to give myself 15 minutes, 15 minutes to listen to a Mozart sonata from head to toe, right? At least the, 
the first or second movement sure. or something like that, you will get moved by it. You will you will really get moved. I'm, I'm only asking for 15 minutes. I'm not saying that you have to listen to this on the, your way to work so that you don't fall asleep or something right, like that. Right. Just, just give your full attention for 15 minutes. If that doesn't move you, and that's and you start seeing things from a different perspective with that kind of music, then I don't know what. That perspective of music, plus the techni- technicality, the technique that it requires, change a lot of mm-hmm. stuff, right? Um, after graduating, I said, "Well, okay, now what?" Uh, I promised myself when I came to this country that I wanted to get higher degree in education. Um, and so I went to get my master's. But this time, the master's degree was in jazz. Jazz studies at the University of North Texas, sure. UNT, which is known for its jazz program. It's, okay. it's the oldest jazz program in the world. Really? Academically speaking. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. And it's, it's probably one of the best uh, school That's of music in the world as well. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a well-renowned place for that. Wow. Um But the environment was very different from Baylor okay. in many, many, many ways. Um, to begin with, is this huge competitive ambiance. I don't necessarily say that is a good thing, but it it trains you. When you are under pressure 24-7, under stress 24-7, sure. uh, besides an ulcer, right, that you get probably develop, you also develop the stamina to to deal with that social pressure mm-hmm. that is an ongoing thing nobody talks about mm-hmm. but it's there sure it exists it exists and everybody knows it but nobody says anything right. about it that makes the place a good place per se not that it is good to be under that kind of circumstances but it's a good place sure. um in terms of the quality right And so I now I got this training, which people is kind of an interesting thing. A lot of people equate jazz with oh, it's just free music, improvisation. You know, you play whatever. No, there's nothing like that. Improvisation is just as as rigid in terms of the mm-hmm. the understanding of it, the the DNA of it behind mm-hmm. it is just as rigid as classical music. It's just a completely different kind of music. So I had that training, but it scarred me. In, in, in as and it happened as follows after I graduated from North Texas and after you put yourself in my shoes for a second after you were in this scenario of complete um, pressure mm-hmm. 24/7 mm-hmm. for three and a half years mm-hmm. that's how long the master lasts wow. by the way um, you you graduated but you felt like okay i i don't know why i graduated i don't know why i even choose to play music i am not as good as all these people they must have made a mistake in letting me graduate so you right? have like all these self you have you have this self doubt this imposter syndrome right wow. like there is no way i'm going to be as good as these people now granted all these people that are really really talented and good Yeah, they it's true. You have them all in one room. But the world is not like that, right? right? The world is full of all kinds of people. Sure. And so when I graduate, to make the story short, is I felt that I couldn't I couldn't play. Like 
in public ever again. Which is so weird because I've heard you playing. You are phenomenal. I don't consider myself phenomenal, but I consider myself in a position where I don't care who is listening. Okay. As far as they care about music, sure. it doesn't matter. Right? You're playing That's, because it makes I, you happy. It, it playing, it, it's not just because it makes me happy. I'm playing because, because I think it's important to express I ourselves. I right? yes. But I wasn't in a position to do so because, as you said earlier, I was full of self-doubts, mm. completely under this uh, imposter syndrome that mm. I must be the worst pianist UNT has ever had. And on top of that, I came to Baylor and reading music wasn't my forte and I don't play classical music either. What I, what am I, wow. right, in this whole thing? Sure. Then uh, I'm uh, fast forwarding a little bit, you know, okay. uh, fast so, so, that, so that the story makes sense. Then I landed a job in Austin um, uh, in a uh, insurance company okay. that I needed to be there in order to get my my work visa. Okay. That's what I met my my girlfriend. Uh that's that's the one and only positive thing about that experience sure. was that I got to meet my my uh, loving girlfriend. And, and for the audience your your lovely girlfriend is here in the studio she's with here us. She's in the studio. Yes, and she came with me and she's wonderful. a wonderful person and, and a big supporter. And I am so glad that I happened to be there when she was there because otherwise I would not have met her. Um And then after that, well, I got my visa, right, to work in the United States um, through a series of moves and stuff like that that is very complicated, by the way. And I start playing with this little band. It's a salsa band. And and that was the first time I, I feel like, okay, I guess I can play with other people, right? But it was stuff that I knew how to do pretty well, right? Mm -hmm. Then here's what made the change. And I'm going to answer some of the questions okay. you, uh, you asked me. Then I got a job at a Steinway. Steinway mm -hmm. and Sons is mm -hmm. the oldest piano company in the world. Mm -hmm. 160 years of business. Wow. They make the finest pianos on earth and still do. And if you go to any major concert hall in the world, There is a Steinway piano. It doesn't matter sure. where you go, right? So, and Baylor had a lot of Steinways uh -huh. pianos, right? But of course, the Steinways pianos are for the big concerts, mm -hmm. are for the great pianists mm -hmm. who come to play. That's how you uh, relate Steinway. The Steinway is for those people who are up there, right? That for, have arrived. That, that made have it. arrived at that level right. for Van Cliburn, mm -hmm. for Horowitz, for Rubinstein, for all these people. Not not for the guy who just graduated from UNT and cannot play, right? And mm -hmm. and he's scared of playing. So I'm, laying, I'm, I'm here at Steinway Gallery in Austin, Texas. And I remember just, you know, hearing people talking about pianos all day long because it's a business. But I had this sensation like, do these people know what they are around? You know, these, these are the most amazing pianos and instruments you can find. And I did not play any, any of those pianos for six months because I felt intimidated by playing on a Steinway. Wow. I, I only would play the lower end pianos. They, only ha they also had like used pianos, other brands right, and right. stuff like that. Those are the pianos that I play. 
I was scared to go into the Steinway room. I didn't so, play. So I, I don't want to cut you off, but that's it's interesting you say that uh, because, I mean, usually people are intimidated by other people, but you were intimidated by uh, an idea or a thought that, in a way, you didn't deserve to play on a Steinway, and, and correct? And at the end of the day, uh, uh, Hector, it's the same thing. Uh, at the end of the day, we're always intimidated by the ideas we make about either people things, circumstances, places, you name it. That is so true. That's, that's what we're intimidated. You are so right We're about intimidated that. about what we have created inside, right? Yeah. And and I'm not saying <clears throat> we're necessarily wrong about creating these kind of monsters. Uh-huh. Sometimes the circumstances sure. made us right. create those things. Right, right. But the, 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 the only way to unlock that is that key is inside your head yeah, as well. Yep. Yeah. It's created in the head, and the only way to get out of it is inside the head as yep. well. Yep. It's yep. not outside. Yep. It never happens outside. So much so that I thought that the people who used to tune the pianos at Steinway, by the way, they're very fine tuners. Okay. That's a whole different career on itself. Oh, my goodness. The piano technicians. But I thought they were, pian- they were better pianists than I was. I would not play in front of them. And these are the technicians. Um. That's like if you are a professional racer mm-hmm. in a car mm-hmm. and you will not turn on your car in front of the mechanic that works at the car. Those are complete different correct. things. Correct. The mechanic doesn't wrong the car. He, he doesn't drive it. Correct, he, right. he doesn't drive it, right? You drive it. You're the, you're the driver. But you will be so intimidated about your skills that you will not even turn the car on in okay. front of the mechanic. So true. That's the way it was happening to me. Eventually, I start developing this slowly but surely, this sensation that, you know, these pianos are magnificent. Why not playing them? And I start to play on a Steinway, and I start to practice at night after the job was done. Sure. I would go to the Steinway room and just playing all the Steinways. And, and it just grew in me so yeah. much so yeah. that I start feeling, okay, I can do this. And I can play on these wonderful instruments. ¿Y qué sintió la primera vez que tocó usted oh, es, es, en mar, un piano? No, no, es maravilloso. Es, son instrumentos magníficos. Son maravillosos. Como algo eh. mágico que estaba pasando. Es, están ¿no? tan bien hechos que responden tan bien. Eh, es como cuando te montas en un carro que es... Que, que del momento que te montas, es, el carro responde a ti. Claro, ¿verdad? claro. Y entonces tú dices, no, esto no es para mí. Ajá. No, esto es para aquellos que manejan. Esto no es para mí. Y sin embargo, tú te formaste para, para, para estar eso, ahí, ¿verdad? Exactamente. Eh, eventualmente se convirtió en eso. Y, y fue por la, por la marca Steinway que yo logré overcome esa, ese, ese miedo, ese Ajá. obstáculo que tenía. Al punto que eventualmente apliqué a la misma empresa, Steinway has something called the Steinway Artistry Roster. Okay. Um, Steinway has about 1,500 Steinway artists across the world. Uh, they don't pay us. Steinway doesn't pay its musicians. It's our privilege, in a way, to play on a Steinway. Sure. But we are endorsed by Steinway, by the brand. Uh, so some of the names of the Steinway artists are like I'll give you the, the big ones, like Billy Joel is a Steinway mm-hmm. artist. Uh, uh, Sarah, um, 
uh, Arthur Rubinstein was a Steinway artist. Lang Lang is a Steinway wow. artist. Uh, uh, Gershwin was a Steinway artist. We're uh, talking about big, famous people. Big yeah. Kid Jarrett yeah. is a Steinway artist. Amazing. Uh, and I became a Steinway artist in 2015. Congratulations. Thank you. What an yes. accomplishment. It was a ve very big deal for me. That is awesome. Because that put to rest yeah. that fear. Your doubts. That, that doubt. Yeah. Yes. When I got that certificate that Steinway said, Welcome to our Steinway artistry roster. Congratulations. It's like, this can be real, right? What an accomplishment. It, it was an amazing experience for Love me. It. And but, but more than anything, it was that doubt. Sure. That fear of being in a school where you felt that pressure from all the professors all the time that you felt that thing. That, that was the time when all that went off. That just turn off forever and ever. It's just like, this is it. I don't need to keep listening right. to those voices anymore, right. to right. those teachers anymore, that you're not good, that that, that was it. Um, and the way was it is because a institution of a very much one of the most prestigious institutions of the musical instrument mm -hmm. in the world mm -hmm. says so. Amazing. So... But at the end of the day, it had to. It, it came out of my head, There right? At go. the same thing. There you right? go. So I, I put that to rest, and I start feeling more accomplished. And then I start recording, yep. and I did my first recording in 2014, I think. Yeah. Then, then I, I from from that point on, it just was a, you know, just a rolling into right. that. Yeah, and eventually until today that I just, you know, I'm presenting this album. The latest one is called Roots of the World. So let's, let's talk about the Roots of the World album. Um, so I heard you telling your story a little bit about this album and how you traveled to different countries. Fue a diferentes países latinoamericanos, latinoamericanos, perdón. Y este, allí eligió músicos, artistas de esa región, de ese país para grabar este álbum. Díganos un poquito de esa experiencia, Correcto. por favor. Bueno, primero, la idea de grabar el, el álbum Roots of the World nació de, de el deseo de poner en música qué es América Latina. Uh -huh o por lo menos mi interpretación de lo que es América Latina, ¿verdad? Porque eso es muy, muy personal, ¿verdad? Lo que algo significa para ti no es lo mismo que significa para mí. Uh -huh. ¿Qué significa para ti hueco? Es uh -huh. distinto de lo que significa para mí. Para usted, claro ¿verdad? que sí. Y ambas son válidas, ¿cierto? Así es. Entonces, esta es mi interpretación, mi, mi, mi dibujo de lo que es, de lo que yo siento que uh -huh. es la América Latina, ¿verdad? Uh -huh. ¿Y qué es lo que siento que es? Creo que es, un, es un, una gran masa de emociones, de sentimientos, de sufrimientos, de alegrías. Es gente viva, gente que vibra, gente que sufre mucho. Es un, un pedazo del continente que, que sigue añora, añorando la libertad, que uh -huh. no es libre. Uh -huh. Y sin embargo que que está lleno de vida por dentro, ¿verdad? Uh -huh. Que no es, no es gente muerta, Así es. en el sentido de la palabra. Hay gente que, que todavía eh, canta todos los días, que todavía se, 
se, se despierta con el, con el olor del café, del café y ¿verdad? Sí es. Eh, eh, es gente que todavía vive eso, ¿verdad? Que todavía vive, vive, vive esa, esa, esa emoción de, de compartir, de vivir cerca del otro, de meterse en lo que no le importa, de, de no, no es ese mundo, voy a poner un, simplemente para poner una, una analogía, no es el New York, Ajá. ¿verdad? Donde cada quien está en su mundo, aunque y, todos y vivamos, solo, todo, o sea, todo, todo el mundo vive pegado a todo el mundo, pero nadie sabe nada de nadie. Así. No conocen a su vecino. No, no, no conoce a nadie, nada de nada, ni le importa. Ajá. Y, y si te preguntas, es un problema. Es todo lo contrario a eso. Claro. Entre más me meto con el vecino, mejor. Mejor, ¿verdad? mejor eh, acompañado. Mejor así. acompañado, exactamente. Entonces es un mundo... Es un, mundo de esas contra es un mundo de contradicciones. América Latina Ajá. es un mundo lleno, lleno de contradicciones, ¿verdad? Donde tienes esa parte bellísima, también tienes esa parte de, 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 la, de la culpa claro. latinoamericana, ¿verdad? De claro. vivir bajo culpa, de, de, que, de que las cosas van a estar bien cuando yo me muera. Aquí no, ¿verdad? Uh -huh. eh, esa contradicción, esa forma de vivir es América Latina para mí. Uh -huh. Y entonces la música que yo escojo es música que representa esas cosas en diferentes partes. Y a los músicos a los que llamo a, a tocar conmigo son, son músicos que, primero, por ejemplo, Los Carcas eh, uh -huh. de Bolivia, es música andina, uh -huh. ¿verdad? Que representan ese, esa parte histórica del continente, uh -huh. Uh -huh. de, de, lo, de la música andina que está aquí antes de que de, estaba en, en América Latina, mucho antes de que vinieran los españoles uh -huh. eh, de hecho es autóctona no, uh -huh. no tiene origen claro. eh, español right. eh, esa música es nuestra uh -huh. verdad eh, la, lo, y también su instrumentación, las ocarinas, las quenas las zampoñas son instrumentos de ahí, de miles de miles de años literalmente tienen miles de años entonces esa parte histórica verdad de, de la conexión que tiene el hombre con la, con la naturaleza, que le pide permiso para cultivar, para uh -huh. cosechar, etc. También está la parte de México, que es, digamos, esa parte romántica de, de, de América Latina, los sí. panchos que, uh -huh. con los que grabé también, eh, todos los boleros que nacen de América Latina, de ahí, que son bellísimos, ¿verdad? Que, con los que bailaron nuestros abuelos y bisabuelos wow. en todo el continente. Está a una pieza de Brasil, ¿Verdad? Que es el tico-tico, que es esa parte eh, de la samba que es propio de Brasil, que uh -huh. no se da en ninguna otra parte del mundo, que es de la música más rica, más este, eh, llena de, de, de fuego, diría yo, ¿verdad? Que tiene el continente, es, es en esa parte del mundo. Eh, está esa parte que también es alegre. Sin embargo... Por ejemplo, en la historia de Brasil, un país que ha sufrido mucho, eh, sufrió esclavitud, uh -huh. ¿verdad? Por muchos años. Uh -huh. Y sin embargo, de esa esclavitud nace la samba. Uh -huh. Entonces ahí es donde, donde vienen esas, esas uh -huh. contradicciones, ¿verdad? Uh -huh. eh, Cuba, que, que me, me, no hay mucho que decir, ¿verdad? Uh -huh. De Cuba, un país, quizá el país con las mayores contradicciones que tiene América Latina es uh -huh. Cuba. Eh, donde no, no puedes comer tranquilo, porque no hay que comer, uh -huh. porque no puedes comprar tu comida, y sin embargo es la gente más alegre del continente, ¿verdad? Eh, son, son las contradicciones, tienen el mejor sistema de salud de toda América Latina. Wow. Mucho, es más, 
tienen un mejor sistema de salud que los Estados Unidos. Aquí lo que tenemos son buenos aparatos, uh -huh. mecánicos, uh -huh. máquinas. Pero tú quieres que te trate un médico clínicamente, que con solo verte te diga, mira, lo que tienes es eso, vete a Cuba, ahí te, ahí te dicen. Sí, sí, ¿verdad? Sí, sí. Y, y sin embargo no tienen los medios, ni los recursos, la ni la tecnología, y, y, y no pueden ni siquiera escoger qué comer ni nada porque el sistema no se los permite. Esa contradicción, eso es lo que yo trato de hacer en mi álbum. Y por eso te decía antes, a mí no me importa quién escuche, siempre y cuando se escuche con un poquito de seriedad, seriedad no en el sentido de, de from your face, mm -hmm. right sino el, la seriedad de darle la importancia a las cosas que se merecen. Con, con, en el momento en que se escuchan las cosas con un poquito de, de, de conciencia, es donde empieza a tomar forma el arte. Yeah. Y el arte, lo que yo digo, lo que, lo que he aprendido y lo que digo, el arte como medio de expresión en donde tenemos ratos de libertad. A ver, a esto voy. Creo que esto es importante. Cualquier cosa que hagamos por necesidad, no somos libres. ¿Cierto? Es cierto. Por ejemplo, ahorita, después de esto, nos vamos a comer. Uh -huh. Y vamos, ojalá, a comer rico, ¿no? Uh -huh. Pero, pero tú nunca me vas a decir, a menos que sea una cuestión de, de, de catering o de, o de tasting, no sé, de, tú nunca me vas a decir qué plato de comida más hermoso, ¿verdad? Right. Tú dices qué plato de comida más rico, right. porque el plato de comida tiene una función. Claro. La función es alimentarte. Alimentarme, y tú no sí. puedes prescindir de esa necesidad. Uh -huh. Todos los días del mundo, así aunque hayamos comido ayer, volvemos a comer hoy, hoy. Y, y mañana... mañana. Y vamos a seguir respirando. Es. es una necesidad uh -huh. que la adornamos, pero es una necesidad. Entonces, yo no puedo experimentar libertad con respecto al alimento, porque el alimento es una necesidad mía, sí. igual que el aire. Yo no puedo experimentar la libertad de decir, no voy a respirar más. Entonces, yo no soy libre en ese sentido. Uh -huh. yo, estoy, yo estoy confinado a una serie de leyes naturales y físicas de las cuales yo no tengo ninguna libertad, uh -huh. ¿cierto? Uh -huh. Y así podemos ir yendo con, con nuestras necesidades. Cuando experimentas el arte, cuando experimentas la belleza del arte, o, o incluso el arte, algo que no te gusta, pero experimentas el arte, ahí sí tienes libertad. Porque tú no, no necesitas de ello. Uh -huh. Te puedes apartar de ello y puedes decir, ah, mira qué bello esto. Uh -huh. qué, qué, qué obra más linda de música. Uh -huh. Voy a escucharlo otra vez. Uh -huh. ¿Por qué? Porque necesito, eh, necesitas sacar algo de aquello. No, es simplemente sí. por el placer de hacerlo, sí. ¿verdad? Ahí en, ese, ahí en ese momento es donde existe la verdadera libertad. Y esa libertad, cuando se suma, cuando se suma a nuestra capacidad moral uh -huh. de, de, de hacer lo que es correcto, ¿verdad? Que nos pertenece a todos los seres humanos, es donde podemos tener una democracia. Entonces, la, la, el arte y la, la experiencia que nos produce el arte anudado a la capacidad que tenemos de hacer lo que es correcto es lo que produce la democracia. Y dime tú si no es lo que más necesitamos en este ¿Es cierto? momento. Bastante, bastante. Mira, hablando de música bonita, quiero que la audiencia escuche 
una canción de tu nuevo álbum, ¿ok? Así que vamos a tocarlo Dale. para que lo escuchen ellos.
That was beautiful, Esteban. El Condor Pasa is the name of that piece that's that right. we just played, correct? That's right. That's El Condor Pasa, which is a probably the most iconic instrumental piece that represents all of that that we're talking about. I it, love it. It covers the whole Latin American continent, sure, so to sure. speak. And that people can listen to that at the upcoming concert that you're doing. That's right. October 14th and 15th at the Waco Civic Theater, right? That's at the Waco Civic Theater. This is an idea uh, put together and made possible by Pierce Bateman. Okay. Pierce and Alicia Bateman were my host family here in... They're great people. In Waco, Texas for years, and they, they became one of my closest friends. Uh, uh, as I said, you know, Baylor meant a lot of things sure, to me. Sure, And part of that was because of, of the Bateman family. Yeah. And so Pierce have, ha, and I have had a long-standing relationship and collabor collabor collaborative relationship mm -hmm, of music. Mm -hmm. Pierce have done a lot of work in, in music as well, um, writing lyrics yep. in English for a lot of the music. And as a matter of fact, he is in the album, In Roots of the World. And so he put together this whole idea of bringing this music yep. to the Waco Civic Theater, October 14th. And it's also and a fundraiser for the Waco Civic and Theater. It's a fundraising, yeah. My understanding is that there's not, um, the seating is going to be limited. So it's a catered fundraiser with a cocktail hour at seven. And then the concert starts at eight o'clock, both on Friday and Saturday. Uh, people can buy their tickets at WacoCivicTheater.com. Uh, but my understanding is that there's not a lot of seats, so people need to buy their tickets early. Correct. As a matter of fact, my understanding of this whole thing, as Pierce was telling me, is that it was first just one night, mm -hmm. right? But then more people have become interested in that. So P Pierce said, well, let's let's make it two nights, sure. right? Sure. So we're going to do it two nights. So I love it. If you are interested, if whatever, uh, uh, whoever is interested in this, uh, and is listening to this and would like to have a night of, I'll call it like a kind of a bohemia night, uh -huh. right? Of of cocktail and and then fine music in a very nice place and yep. in a very intimate setting. Uh, this will be a perfect yes. opportunity. So I will encourage you to yes. purchase the tickets now. And yeah. it's a great way uh, at that time to end Hispanic Heritage Month. El mes de la hispanidad estamos celebrando. Que lo estamos celebrando ahorita, que también viene... Viene al traste con todo, Así ¿no? Es. Entonces, okay. son varias cosas. I, this is a way to do many things at once. One, to get out of the lockdown yep. that we've been for a long time, to see each other in person yes. and, and enjoying live music. Two, to support the arts, mm -hmm. right? In Waco, in yep. the city of Waco. Absolutely, yes, sir. Uh, which is a very vibrant city as well. Uh, many things happening, many things going on. And three, to... Listen to fine music yes. and enjoy yes. a night of Latin American music. I love it. Well, Esteban, thank you for being our guest on our show today. It has truly been an honor. I can't wait to see you in concert, man. I've heard your music, but I want to see you in person. Muchas gracias, Héctor. No, gracias, gracias por tenerme aquí. De verdad, muchas gracias por toda la hospitalidad. Y espero, espero que sea de tu agrado y, y que nos veamos. Ahorita nos vemos pronto otra vez. Perfecto. And thank you again for joining us for Orgullo Hispano. Once again, thank you to our, our sponsors, the Leadership Empowerment Group and Wilkerson Hatch Bailey. And until next time, make sure you tune in for our future episodes. Take care. This episode of Orgullo Hispano was made possible through the generosity of these sponsors. 
The Hispanic Leaders Network is a nonprofit 501c3 organization. Our vision is to develop and empower current and future leaders to make a difference in the community. To sponsor a future Orgullo Hispano podcast episode, email hlnwaco at hln-waco.org or visit the HLN website at www.hlnwaco.org.